In today's episode, should Jose Alvarado be starting? It's the Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week. The Pelicans have some games over the weekend. They play tonight and on Sunday, but we're still going to talk about the current roster, right? I know we've talked trade targets over the past couple of days, and we'll get to those in the third segment of today's show. I got two minor moves that could pay huge dividends for New Orleans. But we're going to start off with, should Jose Alvarado be in the starting lineup for New Orleans? And then in the second segment, Brandon Ingram, not named to the All-Star Reserves, but he does still have a chance, and he is probably deserving of being on there. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. The on-court stuff, the off-court stuff, hopefully we'll get a Zion update at some point, and of course, trade targets, things like that. But let's get into the actual roster and leave the hypotheticals alone for just a little bit. Because Jose Alvarado has quickly established himself as a fan favorite, right? This dude is awesome, undrafted. Tough as nails, a pest on defense, doing just enough offensively, right? He has been kind of key for their improved play after that disastrous start that they have had. So when you look at him and look at all the steals he has and things like that and all of the impressive play in very limited minutes so far, does he have a case to be starting? And I've been asked this question a lot recently by listeners and people on Twitter, and I've kind of said no, like I don't think he should. And then I, I really watched some more film on him yesterday. I, I really dove into some of his statistics, and there's a really strong argument to be made that he should be in the starting lineup, potentially over Devontae Graham. So let's break it all down. So when you look at him, and when you think of him, before we even get to the defense, right, what do you think about him offensively? He just makes smart plays, right? Like it's the definition of hitting singles instead of going for the home run and striking out. He just makes correct plays he has played 283 minutes this season how many turnovers do you think Jose Alvarado has in those 283 minutes it's five single digits he has five turnovers in 283 minutes Devontae Graham has 77 in 1471 minutes There's a big difference between those two. When you talk about him, he just makes the right play. I'm going to sneeze as I'm talking here. In all of his passes and all of his playing, he has, sorry, he has four, four bad passes. That's it. Four bad passes. Devontae Graham has 53. Again, significantly more minutes, a much larger role, right? So some of this is somewhat understandable. And Jose Alvarado has lost the ball where you just kind of like dribble it out or something like that, like screw it up, like an unforced error. One time, Devontae Graham, seven, 17, sorry. 
when you look at his turnover percentage, so basically this is an estimate of the number of turnovers committed per 100 possessions. Jose Alvarado is the lowest on the team. If he were handling the ball 100 times, he would turn it over 4.4. That's it. That is an insanely low number. Now, Devontae Graham is actually pretty good. 10.8. But 4.4, it's just so unbelievably low. And it's just so impressive what he's able to do. Making the right read, never really actively hurting the team. For a team that at times this year has struggled with turnovers, that's the type of guy you need in there. Not giving you empty possessions. And he is kind of the definition of that. He also dishes out assists really well. He's basically second on the team when it comes to assist percentage, higher than Devontae Graham by 2.6%. That's a really good number as well. You know, when you look at him basically on a per minute basis, and 283 minutes, I don't know if that's a large enough sample size to to draw a ton of conclusions from. We're playing with like small sample size theater here, where maybe there's some noise in the numbers or, you know, one or two plays can really change the way some of these percentages look. They're still really good and comparable, if not better than a guy like Devontae Graham. He doesn't give you as much scoring per 36 minutes. And 36 minutes, the reason I use that stat, if you're unfamiliar, is because that's the average number of minutes that a starter plays. Devontae Graham per 36 minutes, 16.1 points per game. Jose Alvarado's at 13.1, so it's a three-point difference. But he's giving you more assists per He's giving you the same amount of rebounds and he's grabbing significantly or he's causing more havoc on the defensive side of the ball. His steals and that number is insane. Like that number is incredible. He beats out Herb Jones when it comes to steals per 100 possessions, 4.7. Herb Jones, who's good at this, right? 2.5. That is an incredible, incredible number for what he's able to do. He's really good defensively, and he doesn't make the incorrect play offensively, and he's willing to try and dish assists and play going downhill. What's holding him back offensively is he's, compared to a guy like Devontae Graham, he's not as good of a three-point shooter. But again, he's only off by three points per 36 minutes from Devontae Graham. The fact that he doesn't make mistakes, he's so good defensively, he actually might elevate this offense. And really help them because they're struggling to score some points right now. Not having empty possessions simply because he wouldn't turn the ball over is mighty appealing right now. And then you think of it also because you could move Devontae Graham to the bench where he can be more of a score, right? And not have to worry about facilitating and doing other things and just go out and try and get a bucket. And the bench has really struggled to score this year despite their good game against the Pistons the other night. So maybe it makes sense to have him with that second unit and elevate Jose Alvarado to being a starter. He's more of an assist first point guard than Graham is. And Graham can go and score and do whatever he wants with the second unit and really try and elevate them and give them a boost. Again, you know, there's small sample size theater in this. You also worry about Jose Alvarado playing against starters and better competition than some of the bench units that he's been playing against. But he also is been threaded in with the starters, right? And he's closed out some games, not all. So he's used to, you know, they've used him in that. And he's succeeded in those minutes against other top players. So I'm less worried about that a little bit. You know, he's undersized, but he's a bulldog defensively. And so is Devontae Graham. So I don't think you're losing anything there. 
it's something to consider. So let me know in the comments on YouTube below, would you consider starting or would you want to start Jose Alvarado over Devontae Graham? So your starting lineup in theory right now would be Jose Alvarado, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Valanciunas. Is that better or worse than kind of what they are running with right now? Something to consider. All right, coming up, Brandon Ingram, not an all-star starter, now officially not an all-star reserve. But there is a path for him to get in there, and I do think it would be deserved, but it's going to be close. And I'll give you the other names that I think probably are going to end up beating him out. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Get that in-game betting in your seat. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. The NBA trade deadline is Less than a week away, Thursday, February 10th, 2 p.m. Central, and the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 1 to 3 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. I will be on there if and when the Pelicans make a move on deadline day before I do anything else. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube page and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. You can also check me out there every Wednesday co-hosting Locked On NBA and recapping the night before and talking about the biggest stories. So we just went over. I think I think there's a real case if things get worse for the Pelicans to, to mix up the starting lineup. I don't think they need to do it just yet. But consider it. And that's to start a guy like Jose Alvarado over Devontae Graham. Again, let me know in the YouTube comments. All right. So the other big news announced yesterday, not the Zion update. I don't know. I heard we were going to hear it this week. Maybe things have, well, things have clearly changed. We'll, we'll see when we hear it. And so uh, Brandon Ingram was not named an all-star starter. We knew that for about a week now. They also have now announced the all-star reserves. And Brandon Ingram is not listed on there. I, I said a week or so ago, you know, I don't know if he's snubbed because the team is bad. That's that's one of the biggest things holding him back from being an all-star this year. He's been good. And also the injuries too, right? You know, he has played 37 games and has missed a good bit of time. I think that hurts him a little bit too when it comes to all of this, right? The Pelicans have played 41 games. No, more than that. 51 games. There we go. You know, so he's missed a, a chunk of them. But he's been good, right? He's shooting 35% from three on 4.6 attempts per game. He's averaging 22.5 points per game. Five rebounds, and more importantly, sorry, six rebounds, 5.2 assists. It's that assist number that has gone strikingly up as he's done much more playmaking for New Orleans. That is incredible compared to where he was before. So the 5.2 assists that he's been averaging, and that number's a little bit lower than what it's been for him, right? He's come close to triple doubles and he's had double-digit assists before. 
He's playmaking more and has really elevated this team after a really rough start that they had. I think he probably deserves to be in there. Those are really good numbers. 22 and a half, uh, 6 and 5.2 on good shooting splits. Those are strong numbers. It's, But it's a tough, crowded Western Conference to try and get in there. And the good news is, though, even though he's left off and maybe snubbed a little bit from this, there's a chance for him to get in there. Draymond Green has already announced that he is not going to be playing in the All-Star game. So there's an injury replacement, which NBA Commissioner Adam Silver picks. You also maybe, maybe don't have LeBron James playing for the Lakers in there. Maybe. You know, he's been out. It's not looked great. That's a little... You know, you got to wonder if they want to rest him more and don't want him to be played there. So I could see there being two options, two injury replacements. So I do think that Brandon Ingram has a chance, but it's going to take a little bit of luck. He's he's borderline, right? He's one of those guys that could be kind of last one in. I think it's him. I, you know, I think... You could also argue that a guy like DeJounte Murray should be in there over him. Murray probably should have been on the all-star roster. I think he gets the injury replacement spot for Draymond Green. But if someone else backs out like LeBron James, I do think there's a very good chance that Brandon Ingram would be the next guy up and has an outside chance of making the all-star game. All right, coming up. Two more trade targets that we did not talk about in yesterday's show that I do think could help the New Orleans Pelicans. More minor moves, cheap, probably taking advantage of the uh, trade exception. I'll let you know who the names are coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's New Year's. That means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And it makes it easier to stick to your resolutions, right? Because these things taste so good. And unlike any other protein bar, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spell, you're going to want to eat these. I actually have one right in front of me here because I eat one of these things every single day. The light's kind of going on it. It's the coconut brownie chunk. This is the best one out there. Look how good that looks, right? These things are delicious. I, I absolutely love these. I look forward to them. And you're not even going to realize that you're eating something healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar or other protein bars. Built Bar is going to win every time and they taste better. You have those sugar cravings. Built Bar is your answer because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So I have a couple of secret stashes of these when you have those cravings, when you want to eat unhealthy or sugary, and I'm trying to cut out a lot of that, like kind of processed and refined sugar. Built Bar is my go-to for helping me succeed. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's a promo code I use as well, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. No paywall or anything like that. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints. Host Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. Doug Peterson, the new head coach of the Saints because it says it on Wikipedia. Is there any truth to that? He's going to let you know over the Locked On Saints podcast and make sense of everything. All right, so we went over. Should Jose Alvarado be starting? This is the very good 
reason that he should, right? Brandon Ingram has a chance to make the all-star team. And now we're still less than a week away from the trade deadline. We went over a lot of the big names. We did a big rumor roundup yesterday, but I want to keep an eye on two names that I think have a chance to come to New Orleans that seemingly would make a lot of sense. And that is Terrence Ross of the Orlando Magic. And, and I don't know if you guys are going to like this one. Again, let me know in YouTube if you don't like these ideas or on Twitter. That's fine, too. What about a guy like Evan Fournier of the New York Knicks? Let's start with Terrence Ross, right? He's got one more year left on his contract, 2022-23, where he's going to make $11.5 million. He's making 12 and a half this year. So a descending contract, pretty cheap. That's easy for the Pelicans just to absorb into the trade exception. 11.3 points per game. He's doing it not on great three-point shooting. 31.4%. But he can go out and get you a bucket and just do some things. Again, we went over in the first segment that the bench scoring for the Pels is pretty miserable. So do they need to go and get another guy who can just give them a little bit more punch? That's what a guy like Terrence Ross would do. You can make him maybe a spot starter if you need, though that's not really what he excels in. He's better at coming in off the bench and just going out and going straight line to the basket and trying to put some pressure on the rim. It's basically like a super poor man's Norm Powell, I think, is kind of what he does. A little bit older. You know, he's over 30. He's going to be 32 or 31 this season. He'll be 33 next year. But he's got good size. You know, at times he's been a good three-point shooter a couple years ago, four years ago. And that was a bit of an outlier for him. So he's not a great three-point shooter. But if you need a bucket for someone who basically would be more or less free to acquire, you could probably do worse, I think, than him. Maybe the more interesting name, if you absolutely need a score, is a guy like um, Evan Fournier, right? This is a guy, you know, again, older. He'll be 30 next season. But can go out and absolutely get a bucket. The problem is he does not fit into the trade exception for New Orleans. He makes too much money. And he's on a four-year deal. It's it's high, right? He's making 18.13 this year, 19 million next year, basically 20 million in 2023-24. And then he's got a $20 million team option in 24-25. You have to figure whatever team he's on is going to decline that. That's a lot of years and money for a guy that is a one-dimensional scorer. 14 points per game, but he is a good three-point shooter. Last year for Boston, he shot 46.3%. He's above 40% this season at 40.3 on 7.1 attempts per game. He's making three threes per game. Those are good numbers. He gets you a couple rebounds, gets you a couple of assists, right? He's a guy that you can put in and can go out and just flat-out score. A guy that you could put in the starting lineup if you needed or bring off the bench. But he doesn't give you much else, and that's a lot of money. And so if you're going to take that on from the Knicks, I would actually want them to include a first-round pick. Now, I'll give up something. You know, Sadoransky would certainly need to be in that deal. Something else would need to be in that deal. Garrett Temple, too. But basically, you know, Sadoransky's an expiring. Garrett Temple's got a little bit longer on his contract, but it's only $5 million. That's a deal with a bull. So you're taking on that Fournier contract for another first-round pick, which you could use on whatever else you want in the future. If you're a pick short on a guy like Harrison Barnes, could you ship some guys out? Now, this would take a lot of creativity with the roster. Get an extra first-round pick and include that in another trade. Or just in free agency or at the draft, right? More ammo like that is never a bad thing. 
But again, that contract scares me. And I'm not a fan of that. But I like him as a player probably better than Eric Bledsoe. I don't think his game is going to deteriorate as much as Eric Bledsoe's will. I keep calling him Eric Bledsoe. Eric Gordon. You guys know who I'm talking about. Not Eric Bledsoe. Never going to bring that dude back. That one's too, too new and raw and open for me. I'd rather Eric Gordon than that. And I'm not thrilled on Eric Gordon, who we talked about in yesterday's show. Fournier is an option, but you need the Knicks to include some pieces to make you feel significantly better about it. I don't know if that's the way that they are really going to go about it, but those are two other options I think that could be fairly cheap or lucrative in a sense for the Pelicans to go out and acquire. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. We'll have more after the weekend and on Monday. Recap of the weekend, maybe as I an update, we'll see. And probably more on the trade deadline. Now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Enjoy the weekend, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.